section fifteen of montezuma's castle and other weird tales this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org montezuma's castle and other weird tales by charles b corey one touch of nature pretty good cigar this remarked the cowboy the eastern man nodded nowadays we can buy good ones out where i live but twarn't very long ago and good cigars were as rare out there as buffaloes are now round kansas city the enormous increase in population in some of your western cities is astonishing remarked the eastern man the cowboy glanced at him with an amused smile the eastern man smiled back good-naturedly what's the joke he asked oh nothing answered the cowboy only i was thinking maybe you didn't live out west no i'm a new yorker answered the eastern man well i guess they raise pretty good men in both places remarked the cowboy our late war proved that i think the train had stopped but there were no signs of a station although two or three rather dilapidated houses and a typical western saloon could be seen a short distance ahead wonder what we're stopping here for remarked the cowboy it strikes me we've been here pretty long time just then the porter passed the door of the smoking compartment and the cowboy called to him say porter what's the matter seems to me we've been stopping here a whole lot what's the name of this metropolis it's mighty lucky you've got whole necks answered the porter the eccentric or something about the engine is broke and we came mighty near having a bad accident they sent in for another engine that's pleasant remarked the eastern man how long do you think we shall have to stay here before the other engine arrives give it up said the porter maybe an hour maybe two can't tell exactly the train conductor'll be along pretty soon and he'll know all about it guess i'll have to appoint myself a committee of one to investigate remarked the cowboy he arose and went out on the platform of the car followed by the eastern man they climbed down and walked forward to where they saw a crowd gathered about the engine the eccentric rod had broken short off and had the engine not been slowing up at the time the result might have been serious the two men strolled down the track for a short distance and the cowboy discovered a small colony of prairie dogs several of the comical little creatures were sitting on their hind legs on their mounds beside their holes ready to disappear at the least sign of danger occasionally one would run from one hole to another a short distance away usually diving out of sight to reappear again a few moments when satisfied there was no immediate cause for alarm the cowboy amused himself by listlessly throwing small stones at the little animals and after a few moments of this he turned to the eastern man and said say i'm going to take a little stroll over yonder toward that luxurious mansion and get a drink from the well want to go along with pleasure answered the eastern man the two strolled slowly toward the house, which was decidedly in need of repair. The fence surrounding it was broken down in many places. Weeds and grass filled the little yard in which there were still evidences of some past attempts at ornamentation in the way of flower beds, and the whole place gave evidence of poverty and lack of care. On the porch was seated a girl, apparently between twelve and fourteen years of age, she was hugging an immense shaggy dog and crying as if her heart would break what's the matter sis sympathetically inquired the cowboy oh sir jake's going to kill my rover 
What for? The sobs subsided a little. The girl looked up, wiping her eyes on her torn apron. Why, he bited Jake because he tried to kiss me, and I didn't want him to, and they're going to come and kill him. Who's going to come and kill him? The fella he bited, Jake. There, don't cry, little un. Seems to me the pup did the proper caper. What do you think, partner? In my opinion, answered the eastern man, the dog's action was decidedly laudatory. And you think same as I do, the pup hadn't ought to be killed for doing it? Decidedly not. Say, sis, ain't you got any friends to sort of stand off that feller as allows to do the killin'? No, sir, nobody except father, and he drinks sometimes and don't care for Rover, and he says he don't want no trouble. Ain't you got no one else? No, sir, nobody but Rover. Mother's dead, and I ain't got nobody but Rover. Oh, dear me. The girl buried her face in the shaggy coat of her friend and sobbed. The cowboy sat down on the step beside her. The dog eyed him inquiringly, but evidently decided he was a friend and wagged his tail slightly. Don't cry, my girl. Brace up now. Perhaps they won't kill him after all. Oh, yes, they will. Jake is over in the saloon now. I saw him go in. He'll do it sure. He hates Rover. May I speak to your lap dog? Will he tear me up much if I pat him? inquired the cowboy. I wouldn't fool with him, sir. Rover don't like strangers. The cowboy snapped his fingers at the dog and called to him. Come here, Rover. The splendid animal walked solemnly to him and rested his head on his knee and looked up steadily into his face. Don't seem to be too savage nor nothing. Pretty decent sort of dog. Oh, he is, sir. He's just the sweetest, lovingest dog that ever lived. I had him when he warn't no bigger than a coon and couldn't eat nothing but milk. And he loves me, don't you, Rover? And I love him. And he's all I got to love in the world. And they're going to kill him. Oh, Rover, Rover, what shall I do? What shall I do? Now, sis, tell us about the row. Did the dog begin the trouble? Oh, no, sir. Jake came along this morning, and I was sitting here playing with Rover. And Jake, he grabbed me and tried to kiss me. And I put up a holler, and Rover bited him on the leg. Jake swore and wanted to kill him, but he didn't dare to, and he didn't have no gun. So he's going home to get his gun, and he'll be back pretty quick, and he's going to kill him. The girl had stopped crying, but a little hysterical sobs choked her from time to time as she talked. The cowboy pulled the dog's ears gently, and the animal responded by licking his hand. Seems to me, partner, that Jake ain't acting quite white in this deal. It's an outrage, warmly responded the eastern man. I see two fellers, continued the cowboy, gently stroking the dog's head, coming round the corner of the house. Maybe we'd better ask him, please, not to hurt the dog. I agree with you most decidedly. The girl caught sight of the men and uttered a cry of fear. Seizing Rover by the collar, she attempted to drag him inside the house. But the dog braced himself and growled savagely, facing the newcomers. Say, pard, remarked the cowboy quietly, suppose they are impolite. Well, can you fight? I can try. Bully for you, pard. That's the stuff. Shake. The two men shook hands warmly. Jake and his companion were now very near, and as they came up, Jake pulled a large revolver from its holster. Now, girl, get away from that dog. I'm going to shoot him, and I don't want to hurt you. The girl turned white, but she placed herself in front of Rover, shielding him as much as she could with her slender body. Hold on, my friend, interposed the cowboy. You mustn't shoot that dog. Who's going to stop me? sneered Jake. I am. You are, are you? But I'm going to shoot him just the same. If you shoot that dog, I'll give you such a beating. Your own mother won't know you. Sabby? 
won't eh perhaps you notice i've got a gun said jake with an evil look in his eye i've got one too but i ain't pulled it yet answered the cowboy slowly see here now interposed jake's companion where do i come in what'll i be doing all the time when you're smashing up my part here i will try and occupy your attention quietly said the eastern man the hell you will i will now gentlemen said the cowboy we don't want no trouble but there's a peck of it all around here if you fellas try to hurt that dog that dog bit you because you tried to kiss the girl and he served you damn well right it's a lie interrupted jake sullenly how it was done the eastern man never knew but jake went staggering backward and when he recovered himself he stood with the blood trickling from a cut under his eye and the cowboy had him covered with a big colt forty-five and the eyes which looked at him over the barrel were ugly enough to make a gamer man than jake feel uneasy drop your gun jake dropped it now move away from it jake did so the cowboy handed his big pistol to the eastern man and walked straight up to jake who looked decidedly uncomfortable now take it back or i'll smash your face said the cowboy savagely all right but damn you if it weren't my leg is sore where the dog bit me i'd fight you till you couldn't see the cowboy smiled grimly good enough now get out of here wait a minute interposed the eastern man may i make a suggestion cert pard why sure answered the cowboy well it seems to me this matter had better be settled amicably if possible if not after we're gone something might happen to the dog after what has happened the gentleman naturally feels an animosity toward the animal now i would suggest that he name a sum of money which he would consider sufficient to compensate him for injuries received i would be glad to pay a reasonable amount say ten dollars in settlement of all damages if the gentleman will agree not to attempt to injure the dog in any way i'll agree to that cried jake eagerly very well here is the money the eastern man held out a ten dollar gold piece which was seized upon by jake and without a word he and his companion started in a straight line for the saloon the cowboy shouted after them remember i'll be back here next week and if that dog isn't all right there'll be trouble and then turning to the girl he said well sis the show's over the dog's all right so i guess i'll get aboard the train so so long please tell me your name sir and you too sir turning to the eastern man why sis why do you want to know my name for to pray for you sir mother's dead but i pray every night just the same and i ask god to bless rover he's all i've got now you know is that wrong sir and tonight and every night i'm going to ask god to bless both of you for being so kind to rover and me oh that's all right sis don't think of it the cowboy's voice was husky good-bye good-bye rover old boy he seized the big dog in his arms and turned him over on his back holding him down the dog caught one of the man's hands in his huge mouth and chewed it gently while the cowboy poked him playfully in the ribs with the other then the man jumped up and ran for the car with rover leaping and romping about him uttering great deep barks of joy the eastern man followed more slowly a cinder or something had got into his eye and he was ostentatiously wiping it out with a corner of his handkerchief that night in the darkness of her room the girl knelt by the side of the rough bed and whispered softly her little prayer god bless mamma god bless papa god bless rover and bless the two fellers that was good to me and rover i don't know their names god but you do the sounds of a slight figure getting into bed 
were followed by, "'Excuse me, Rover. Didn't mean to step on your foot. Good night, Rover, dear.' Several heavy blows by a tail on the floor answered her, and then for a time there was silence. The wind moaned faintly in the chimney, and a rat squeaked and scampered across the floor, and then a board creaked. The child slept on, oblivious to it all, but at each new sound the dark form on the floor stirred slightly, a shaggy head was raised, and wide-open, faithful eyes gazed in the direction from whence it came, intent, alert, and watchful. End of section 15